0: As soon as you book your travel, it seems like everyone in the world wants to send their thoughts and opinions on where you're going. I don't know how many times I've booked a trip only to have family members who have never stepped foot out of Canada tell me that it's not safe to go there, or that everyone who goes there gets food poisoning, or worse. I'll be the first to admit it's hard to cut through the clutter and find reliable sources for information on the places you want to visit. That's why I've put together my four favorite ways of learning where I want to travel and how to use them effectively. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not so perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hey you, welcome to episode 18 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and if you're new here, welcome. I'm back in my office this week getting ready for a month of rehearsals before Andrew and I hit the road for the end of November and all of December to go visit my family in Winnipeg. While doing a bit of planning specifically for our two weeks of required quarantine once we get to Winnipeg, I've been thinking about all of the ways that I can see the city from inside my Airbnb. I'm mostly thinking about the food and the beer and things like that, that Winnipeg has to offer that I would not get a chance to try if I was just going to see my family. Obviously, we have a lot of people saying, don't waste your money, just buy groceries and things like that. But what's the fun in that? So I put together my top four places to search for information while traveling for you and how to use them effectively. Sit back, grab a drink and join me for a while. today. I am drinking wine. <laughs> Weird. I know. I'm usually a beer person, but I celebrated Oktoberfest with some friends this weekend and had a little bit too much marzin. and so I'm staying away from beer for a bit. Anyways, today's wine is called Zaffy. It's an organic Chardonnay from Argentina. And yeah, I, I <laughs> truth be told, I already broke into it. Uh, last night was bachelorette night, and I wanted some wine while I drank. Also, I was supposed to record this yesterday. So yeah, cheers, my friend. I'm not a wine connoisseur, but I really like this wine. It's a really interesting Chardonnay because I find it really crisp and smooth, but also very tropical. And I kind of associate that with Sauvignon Blanc most of the time, but this one is really good, the Chardonnay. So anyways, let's get right to it. So yeah, these are the four places that I like to look for information and the first one on my list and my favorite place to go when I'm starting to look at where I'm going to next or the possibilities of where I might want to go to next are blogs and podcasts. I may be a bit biased here, you know, because of the whole podcast thing, but This is actually where I started gathering information when Andrew and I started traveling together way back in the day, years before I started my podcast. A couple of my favorite things about it is that there are a variety of topics and niches that different travel podcasters and bloggers cover. It's not always the same. There are so many different stories out there. Things like couples travel, solo travel, solo female travel, digital nomad travel, things like that. You can find it all. Every group has a different style of travel, and therefore every blog or podcast that you're going to check is going to be a little bit different. My favorite is Adventurous Kate. She's into solo female traveling and has been doing it for years, so she's kind of an expert. So whenever I look at blogs, I like to look what she has to say. I know that most of the time that I'm traveling as a couple, but as a female, there is a difference when it comes to safety in certain regions. And she is great at covering how to stay safe, how to keep vigilant and things like that, how to prepare beforehand. And I just think that she has a really good perspective on that. Um, One of my favorite couples travel podcasts is called The Traveling Taverners. And I think I've mentioned them on the show before, but basically, they're a couple who have jobs back at home, they have a home base. But they travel in the off times whenever they have time off and things like that. And so their perspective on travel comes from the point of view of someone who always comes back home. So I think that their perspective on travel is a little more similar to mine and Andrew's as opposed to someone who may be on the road full time all year round. I think it's really important with blogs and podcasts to find someone that you really identify with and agree with. If you don't agree with this person or you don't have the same type of lifestyle as this person, then you're going to end up wasting a lot of your time learning about things that you'd never think of doing or enjoy doing. So how do you find someone that you like? Keywords are your best friends. (laughs) Most travel bloggers and podcasters that I follow or have come across know their niche. So they are really good at working those words into their podcast. Words like solo travel, female travel couples travel are all great broad starters. But if you wanna get more specific, try something like adventure travel, or traveling by water, or beer tour in name of country, or off the beaten path travel, road trip in such and such a country. The list goes on. Another reason why I love blogs and podcasts is because once I know that my travel style matches theirs, they become a great resource for future travels and travel inspiration, And they put giant ideas and goals in my head for where I want to go next. They're also real people, which is great. They may actually answer your questions on things like Instagram and Facebook. So I always think that it's really important to follow your favorite travelers on those platforms so that you actually can get in there and ask them the questions that you want instead of just being a passive listener or a passive reader. I think it's also really important to note that Some travel podcasters and travel bloggers are actually paid by countries to visit them. So in those cases, it may be a good idea to actually search for a second opinion. Say your favorite travel person posts about um, Thailand and they were sponsored by the country of Thailand. Double check the information that you find really interesting against someone else who may have gone there and may have experienced the same types of things. I'm not saying that every travel blogger is going to say only nice things because they're being paid, They may actually really enjoy those places, but I think it's always great to get a second opinion. My next source for information when I'm researching my next travel destination are travel sites that have ratings and reviews. It seems kind of obvious, and you probably have already started using these sources, but are using them effectively. The reason I love this is because you get a variety of opinions on everything. Remember to look at a variety of reviews before just saying, okay, I agree with this rating. Remember that some of the people who are reviewing them may have given them a bad review because they're not stroller accessible. But if you're not carrying a stroller around with you, does that affect you? Or maybe that restaurant has bad reviews because it wasn't stated clearly that they have only a vegan menu. If you love plant-based options, then that shouldn't be an issue for you either. What I like to do to balance it out is to always read at least two five star reviews and two one star reviews. I like to kind of see what are the points that they're hitting on. Are there similarities in what's great versus what's bad and things like that? That helps me to form a more complete picture of what this place actually is about. This is a great supplemental tool. If you've already gotten some recommendations from your podcast or the blogs that you're listening to, these show opinions of regular folks. So in the case of someone who's being paid by a a specific country, you can always go back and check the ratings from that location or that restaurant or things like that to see if regular people also have the same opinion. If it's good across the board, chances are you're good to go. We're on to number three. Source number three, the next thing that I use for information about my next travel destination is word of mouth. I know I kind of mentioned in the intro that you have so many people coming to you and telling you their opinions, even though they haven't been there. This word of mouth that I'm talking about is word of mouth from people who have actually been there. Your circle is wider than you think. And just mentioning where you're traveling to next to a friend may actually connect you to their cousin who visited a couple years back and loved it, or to the other friend who just came back from there. Posting on Facebook, Instagram, things like that are great to say. Hey, what's up? I'm going here. I have this much time. What do you think I should do? Maybe you won't get specific answers, but you may have people tag their friends and say, Hey, can you help this person out? The moment that I mentioned that I was going to Thailand, I actually got a bunch of my brother's friends come to me and message me on Facebook and things like that, telling me that they recently attended a wedding there. They gave me advice on the best local beer to drink, which elephant tours were ethical and which ones weren't. And they told me that it was a great place to get tailored suits, which is something that Andrew was really interested in. They even gave me recommendations on which specific places to use if I wanted to get something made. My favorite thing about this is that I know these people or I'm friends with the people that know these people, which means that it's easier to get a really realistic view of what you're going to encounter there. You're not going to deal with a lot of people either overselling or underselling things You get real perspectives from people that you know and trust. For me personally, a personal recommendation always carries more weight, especially if it's someone that I know that I am a person that travels like them in the first place. Depending on when they went, it can actually also give you more accurate depictions of what the prices look like or cool spots to go. Maybe new things have come up since some of these travel blogs that you're listening to or travel podcasts and things like that. Whereas a person who just came back from this place is going to have a little bit more perspective on. What it is that's still there, what it is that's open, what's cool, what's hot, what's cheap and affordable, things like that. The downside to word of mouth is that sometimes the people who have been recommended to you by friends or family are not interested in the same types of travel that you are. That doesn't mean that they're useless, though. It just means that you have to pick and choose your questions if you're going to talk to them. For example, if your friend's cousin did a road trip through Italy, but you don't want to drive and just want to know what their favorite spots and regions are, those are great questions to ask. What food is a must try? What city should they avoid? Things like that. Just because you're not traveling the same way that they did, didn't mean that you can't get some information out of them. Obviously, you don't need to hear about gas prices or the little motels between places. So you can just skip over those things. We've made it to the end. So the last place that I like to search for information for my next travel destination is travel books. I'm talking about the ones lining your local bookstore shelves with the big name of the country printed down the spine. I love these as a jumping off point, but I rarely use all of the advice inside. These guys here are great if you know absolutely nothing about the country that you're going to, or if you want a bit more context on the historical cultural norms of the place. I've actually purchased quite a few. I have my Germany one, a Costa Rica one, a Thailand one. And contrary to what I thought when I bought them, I actually didn't touch the book after I arrived at my destination. Usually these books come from a more educational standpoint. And although they have recommendations inside on restaurants and hotels and things like that, they have way more information on museums and historical tours. This is great for fact-based people, but if you want opinions this is not the resource for you. Info like this restaurant serves British pub food with a twist is a good starting point, but is the food good? Is this their idea of British pub food or is it actually authentic? That's where you need to do a little bit more research and things like those rating websites come in really handy for things like this. These travel books can also be a little bit biased and are usually ghostwritten. Most of the time, the editor has the final say on what makes it in and what doesn't, as opposed to something like a travel blog or a podcast where someone is sharing all of the information that they think you really want and need. But I do love them. I usually go through mine whenever I buy it, highlight the things that I wanna do, highlight the things that are free, because this is a really great way to find out what things are free and what things are paid. And it gives me an idea of things that I may wanna put on my list and look for later. So that's it. Those are my four places that I go when I'm researching my travel. I just want to point out that everyone is different and you may have a different way of traveling and doing things. And that's great. I personally have found these ways to be super effective. And this is what Andrew and I do whenever we're starting to plan. I also want to say that there is such a thing as too much research. Part of the fun of travel is the unexpected the events and the places that pop up that you wouldn't have expected that you weren't planning on. Those are the stories and the unique experiences that shape who you become and who you are as a traveler. I try to do enough research that I feel comfortable about getting around and things like that, but I do most of my exploring once my boots hit the ground. Even Andrew, the mega planner, wants to play it by ear sometimes. If you want something planned from beginning to end with no room for error or adventure, there are plenty of tour companies out there who specialize in that kind of thing. But the exciting thing about traveling by yourself or as part of a couple is that you get to tailor your trip to you specifically. That means every single place that you go is going to be something that you like or enjoy or a good story to tell afterwards. That's it for today, folks. If you liked what you heard today, do not forget to like and subscribe. And if you really liked it, I'd love it if you could share this with a friend or even give me a review on something like Apple Podcasts or any other review platform. I hope that you have a great idea of where to start your research for your next destination now. And if you ever have questions or just want to chat about your upcoming travels or the trips that you've taken, you can always hit me up on Facebook or Instagram at Kayla on the road. I also have TikTok now. So if you want to check out some of my travel videos, some highlights from the podcast and things like that, you can find me on there. Anyways, happy planning everyone. And I cannot wait to see you on the road soon.